This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Well, welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor here at Cornerstone, and I'm really excited today to just give you a little hopeful gospel encouragement about what it means to leave a legacy for the gospel. And in particular, I have a certain target audience in mind that might be a bit unique for the Equip podcast. And here's kind of the target audience I've got for today is I'm thinking about the older generation of believers we have at Cornerstone Church. For us, we we call this the Encore group. These folks are, uh, most of the time, they're the grandparents in our church. Some of them are in retirement age or nearing retirement. Some of them have been in that stage for a while. Um, and I just want to say, though that's my target, I actually think there's a word for anybody who regularly listens to this podcast here about what it means to think about the sort of legacy you leave on this earth and really beyond this earth. There are so many people who want to make an impact with their life. And and I think, in particular, with what we're seeing God doing right now at Cornerstone, all across the SALT network, there's an opportunity to leave a legacy that matters for the next generation. I mean, let me just rattle off a couple of things we're seeing God do right now. I just got off a call with the SALT network uh, board of directors. We just saw in the kickoffs at Salt Company across the country, 11,500 students come to a Salt Company kickoff. Okay, 11,500. By the way, that is up from 9,500 one year ago. That's amazing. Many of those are hearing the gospel. Their lives are being transformed. They're getting connected this week. There are 28 Salt Company locations. We heard reports of all of the new launches that are out there absolutely unbelievable. Guys, we had three salt companies who in their launch had over a thousand people, by the way, at the launch. Salt companies in Ames, Iowa, but then also a salt company in St. Paul and a salt company in Lincoln, Nebraska. Shout out Skyler and Tony and just the elders and the teams at Redemption Church and at uh, City Light Church in Lincoln. What an incredible gospel movement we're seeing in those places. It's so exciting. But here's what I hear from people sometimes. They go, well, but I'm not a college kid, so that's not really my thing. You know, or I love being part of a church that loves the next generation, but what, what part do I really have in that? What part can I play if I'm, you know, a person who's headed toward retirement or I'm, I'm a grandparent? What, what does this really have to do with me and the legacy I'm to leave for the gospel? Well, I want to suggest that we need you. A network and a church of young people and gospel movement we desperately need to build on the foundation of faith that God has given our older generation. I'm going to just read a bit of Psalm 78 that has just been in my, my heart when we think about this sort of gospel legacy, where it's written, Psalm 78, verse 1, My people hear my instruction, listen to the words from my mouth. I declare wise sayings, I speak mysteries from the past. From the past, things we have heard and known that our ancestors have passed down to us. We won't hide them from our children, but we'll tell a future generation of the mighty acts of the Lord, his might, the wondrous works he's performed. We're going to tell them 
what God did. Verse 5, he established a testimony in Jacob. He set up a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach to their children. So a future generation, children even yet to be born, would know. They were to rise and tell their children so they'd put their confidence in God and not forget his works, but keep his commands. This story of Psalm 78 is the story of how the kind of today's generation has a responsibility to tell tomorrow's generation of the works of God in yesterday's generation, that we're in the present tense to be telling people who will be the future leaders, the next generation, the college students, and the youth in our churches, we're to be telling them of the mighty acts of God so they keep going forward, which means even if you're not someone part of that movement of the next generation, you have a responsibility to them. You have a responsibility to leave a legacy, to tell of what God's done, and to compel them forward in faith by saying, God did it for us, he'll do it for you. And so, Recently, I talked with our Encore group here at Cornerstone. They're the group that, just a group that I love. They're one of the most spiritually vibrant groups at Cornerstone Church. They're a group that has made a commitment as senior saints to attend a church whose music is too loud because they love the gospel more than they love their preferences. They love the next generation, and they love seeing the gospel go out there. And these folks are devoted to leaving a legacy for the gospel, for making an impact for Christ. And, and I want to suggest in the encore stage of your life, in the, you know, in the second half of life, in that twilight stage, in the sage stage of your life, there are three areas where we need you as a next generation movement, where Cornerstone needs you as a next generation church to leave a legacy for the gospel. I want you to leave a legacy of prayer. I want you to leave a legacy of generosity. I want you to leave a legacy of telling stories. Okay, so let's start. Prayer, generosity, telling stories. Let's start with prayer. My call, maybe you're not the front line of a salt company kickoff or of a youth ministry that's exploding, but you can leave a legacy of prayer. I want to call you. you. You might be listening to this podcast, and you just are at a stage of health in your life where you can't get around. You can't do what you used to do. But friends, you can pray like there's a God in heaven because there is one. And you can devote the time that you have to the sort of pleading for God to pour out his blessing from heaven on earth. You can be prayer warriors for the church. We have a a group that's been meeting recently at Cornerstone, really all throughout this fall. And I think, to be frank with you, we've seen some explosive gospel growth here. Um, A lot of this has to be attributed directly to this group into a fresh emphasis on prayer. Uh, we, they're, they're calling themselves the Boiler Room. And by the way, I absolutely love this. This is uh, after Charles Spurgeon, the great British preacher. He had a, uh, a, a boiler room that he called the secret of his success. This is a church that at its heyday had over 5,000 people in the Metropolitan Tabernacle in the, the center of uh, London. And one day, a group of younger ministers kind of came to Spurgeon, asked the, you know, to see the large preaching place, and said, you know, what is it that they, uh, you know, that really is the thing that that drives this whole thing? He said, well, it's it's really the boiler room of the ministry, and they they at first thought, well, we don't really need to see the boiler room. They thought he was referring to a physical place. He said, no, you should come see this. They went down and found a hundred people in prayer, and Spurgeon said, this is the boiler room. 
that drives the Metropolitan Tabernacle. It was the people who prayed for God's outpouring of blessing that Spurgeon pointed to. And so we've had a group that have just been praying consistently on Sunday mornings, on Thursday evenings, asking God to pour out the blessing of heaven, asking that the Lord would hold back the attack of the enemy and that he would bless the word. And I don't care what stage of life that you're in, but if you are in that stage of life where maybe physically you can't do what you used to do, maybe this is not the stage of life where you're to be the front line, I want to plead with you to be not the front line, but the foundation. Maybe this is not the front line season of your life, but the foundation of prayer is what every gospel movement needs, and oh my goodness, do we need the prayers of God's saints. So if you're maybe in that encore stage of your life, I want you to leave a legacy of prayer. If you've never prayed, faithfully and consistently in your life, start a habit of praying every day in extended ways for the movement of God through the gospel. Pray by name for your grandkids. If you're a member of a local church, go to the website of that local church, pull down the staff page and pray for every staff member by name. Figure out who their kids are. Plead with God for the health of their kids. We need you on your knees because you're going to be the foundation of what God does. God listens to the prayers of his people. Leave a legacy of prayer. Secondly, leave a legacy of generosity. This is an actual unusual thing. As the baby boomer generation is coming into retirement, that is a bit unusual um, in terms of income. So what we're finding is the baby boomers, okay, have saved um, a lot more than any other generation. This does not mean, by the way, that everyone has. We need to be very clear on that. Um, that Don't assume every person who's retiring has a huge pension or savings account. That's That's not what I'm talking about. But what we do know is that the generation that's coming into retirement now has more financial assets by far, by far, comparatively to any other generation prior, at least in American history. So what that means is that many people are experiencing a reality that when they retire, they actually have fewer financial obligations and more financial resources than they ever had during their working years. And I think, guys, you should use that to bless your family and bless your grandkids. And if you want to go on a vacation to the glory of God, 1 Timothy 6 tells us that God gives us all good things for our enjoyment. You should enjoy those with contentment and gratitude and thanksgiving to God. But I just want to plead with you, if God has given you financial resources, leave a legacy for the kingdom of God. The best thing that you can do with your money, the best thing that you can do with your money is to give it away to kingdom efforts. And so if God has blessed you, make a decision to leave a legacy of generosity by being richly generous to what God's doing. Give away what God's given to you. And even especially as you're getting to the end of life, I just want to plead with families, be intentional in your planning here, okay? Be intentional in your planning because some of you, when, when you pass away, you, you need to leave a legacy of generosity there, a legacy that blesses your family, but also that blesses the church, that blesses gospel movement. You have an incredible stewardship. Leave an intentional legacy of financial generosity. Bless as you've been blessed. But inside of that, I, I want to 
just quickly say, that doesn't have to look like a lot. I mean, Jesus draws attention in giving to the widow who gives a mite, just a tiny little offering in comparison to the Pharisee who's throwing his money into the, you know, into the money, money bin with it clanging around to make a big noise. You know, sometimes big dollar gifts are not what moves the eyes of heaven. Recently, after uh, June 2nd's tragedies, we had a memorial offerings that we gave to try to help bless the families of the victims and set up a scholarship fund in the name of Valerie Flores at Iowa State. And one of the most moving gifts that was given to Cornerstone was uh, given to me in a letter from an elderly woman uh, from Des Moines area who wrote and said, I heard and was so moved, and I wanted to give you what I had left over after my Social Security, and it was $14 in cash. That's a legacy of generosity. I'm not just talking about the amount. I'm talking about the unbelievable privilege that it is to give. Oh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Give a legacy of generosity. Third point here, legacy of prayer, a legacy of generosity. And then the third one is we need to have a legacy of sharing the story of, of God's faithfulness. Tell the generation to come about the mighty acts of God. We need your stories. We need your stories. A young church at Cornerstone, we've started a, a thing. I, I don't know if people know about this new national holiday. I actually Maybe it's not a national holiday. I'm told it's on many calendars uh, that are published now. It's uh, September uh, 24th is National Feed a College Student Sunday. And um, it's a made-up national holiday that we have here at Cornerstone because I'm trying to do everything I can to get 20-year-olds around 60-year-olds so 60-year-olds will tell 20-year-olds about the mighty acts of God. Yes, I want you to feed a college student, but more I want you to tell them the stories of how you came to faith. I want them to listen to how God provided for you so that they go, God's going to be like that for me too. We need people around dinner tables in across the generations to hear the stories of what God has done. And I just want to challenge you, if you're somebody in that second half of your life, have you ever sat down and intentionally written out the story of your life, thought through the different chapters of your life, not as an exercise of self-examination, but as an exercise of studying God's faithfulness so that you can tell it to someone else? Like, come up with parents, grandparents, come up with the top 10 ways that God has worked in your life and make sure your grandkids have heard that. Make sure your children have heard that. If you have grandkids, do they know how you came to faith in Jesus? Can you tell them when you met him? Have you ever shared the story of how he brought you from death to life? Do you have a time when you've shared with them an incredible provision financially where God met you? Or of a season of incredible pain and sorrow where actually his presence and his people carried you through? Have you told the generation to come the generation that's, that's maybe they're 14 or 15 and you think, they, well, they don't really want to care. Get the photo album out and tell them about Jesus. They're not just the stories of you. They're the stories of God, of his faithfulness. And part of what we have is a generation that's getting older. And by the way, like I'm part of this now. I'm after 40. You know, I'm not just a young, young guy anymore. I need to make sure that my kids... And the salt company kids who are coming up and the staff teams that are coming up, I'm telling them all the time the stories of God's faithfulness. Troy did that with me when I was first leading in salt company as a director. 
Troy Nesbitt, the former lead pastor here at Cornerstone, he, it was like every meeting we had was story time with Troy. And for a while, I was like, does he just like really telling stories? But what I noticed is he was helping to grow my faith by reminding me of God's faithfulness. The stories were the vehicle by which the vision of what God might do in my life were communicated. He was helping me. He was helping me to have the faith I need for the future by telling me the stories of the past. We need to leave a legacy of that. Leave a legacy of prayer. Leave a legacy of generosity. Leave a legacy of the stories of God's faithfulness. And in all of this, whatever stage of life you're in, what I'm talking about at the core of it is making a determination that you will leave a legacy that is full of faith, a legacy that is different from people in the world around you. Everybody in the world around you is building a bucket list, you know, about what they want to get out of this life because they don't have a vision of the beauty of the life to come. Well, as Christians, we know that actually this life is just a preview of an even better, fuller, bigger life that's on the other side. And so as we leave a legacy of prayer, of generosity, of telling the stories of God's faithfulness, what we're doing is storing up for ourselves treasure in the age to come. We're storing up a treasure where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. We're reminding ourselves that actually it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because there is a real life to come on the other side. So today, wherever you're at, ask the question, what's the sort of legacy that you want to leave? Maybe you need to get a step toward prayer, a step toward generosity, or even just a step toward writing down the story of God's faithfulness in your life so you can share it with someone else. Whatever it would be, take that step today to leave a gospel legacy.